if the ICF were to add a fourth level of qualification, so they have the ACC, the PCC, the MCC, and then I'm proposing that they add the JCC specifically for you. And JCC stands for Jedi Certified <laughs> Coach. Hello, and welcome to Cardinal Coaching Solutions, the podcast that seeks to foster community and discussion around all aspects of life and leadership coaching. My name is Wes Gow. I'm the founder of Cardinal Coaching Solutions, and I'm happy to serve as your host for this journey. I specialize in academic, life, and business performance coaching, and I'll be interviewing my coaching friends and colleagues along with other guests to learn their stories, best practices, and tips for success. Welcome to the show. Now let's get you going. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Cardinal Coaching Solutions podcast. Uh, excited to have you here today, and it is another honor of mine to have my colleague and dear friend Liz Garrett on the show today. Liz, welcome. How are you? Hello. I'm very happy to be here. Very excited. Thank you for having me, Wes. Absolutely. The pleasure is mine. Well, I asked you for a bio, and I'm going to read that for us here. And then uh, I'm going to add kind of my own little bio at the end here. So I'll just, I'll leave that cliffhanger for you. I'm intrigued. <laughs> All right, here we go. Liz Garrett is a whole being and well-being whiz who is shifting lives with creative reality-based programs that develop resilience in leaders and organizations. Her work over the last 20 years has provided great insight into the internal fire that either propels you to greatness or consumes you in the effort. I love that line there. Liz holds degrees in biology and spiritual psychology, which have formed a full spectrum approach, mind, body, and spirit to help you show up as the best version of yourself. She's the author of two books, The Opposite of Burnout, Five Career Strategies to Feel Valued, Be Heard, and Make a Difference, and most recently, Intentionology, 365 Days of Living on Purpose. Liz was born, raised, and still resides in Virginia. She prefers y'all for second person plural. She can slurp her weight in Chesapeake Bay oysters. And if she says to you, bless your heart, that might not be a good thing. <laughs> Liz Garrett, once again, welcome. Thank you. I'm letting a little secret out from the Southern code book there. I hope I don't get in trouble for that. <laughs> What's funny is I have caught myself, I, I, so I've read that line of yours, um, that last line there, bless your heart, might not be a good thing. Um, I've read it in uh, the bio you have for opposite of burnout, and I have caught myself because I'm from the South. I grew up in Florida, and I reside here in Virginia as well, and every time I catch myself saying that, I think of that line. I'm like, doggone it, you've gotten in my head on that, Liz. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a <laughs> secret, but now it's out. <laughs> Is there anything else on that bio that I just read? Is there anything, uh, anything that's not in there that, that you would like for all of us to know? No, as you were reading it, I was really appreciating it uh, because the emphasis is on the belief that we all have everything we need to mm. experience a happy, productive, joyful life and that the progression through our life is to that end. I really like that. The progression through our life is to that end. That's great. We're going to dive into a lot of things here. And I told you that I was going to add my own little bio here. 
And uh, it's basically just this, you know, if the ICF were to add a fourth level of qualification, so they have the ACC, the PCC, the MCC, and then I'm proposing that they add the JCC specifically for you. And JCC stands for Jedi Certified (laughs) Coach. That is what you would be. Um, so for those listening, Liz and I have worked closely together for the last year in, uh, in a company that uh, does performance and leadership coaching. And we have seen a lot. We have experienced a lot in the last year. We're honored to support and serve the coaches that we work with. But it has been an amazing year for me just to be exposed uh, to who you are as a coach, to your insight, to your intuition, your mastery of all forms of listening, what someone is saying, what they're not saying, what their body is saying, what their body is not saying. Personally, I can say I've grown so much uh, from our last year together, and it's been wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Wes. We better get going here. Also, I'm getting, my head's going to outgrow my headset. <laughs> All right. So I mentioned. Thank you for those kind words, though. Yeah, you bet. You bet. So you just recently released your second book, Intentionology, 365 Days of Living on Purpose. Folks can find that on Amazon, as well as your first book, The Opposite of Burnout. And in our conversations leading up to this episode, you mentioned that your focus recently has actually been on uh, this first book here, The Opposite of Burnout. And I have a title here for us uh, that, that you've provided, and it's this, How to Show Up as the Best Version of Yourself So That You Can Enjoy a Meaningful, Sustainable, and Lucrative Career. So what's bringing this topic in this past book up to top of mind for you? It just continues to be so important. I I see every day people who are working, professionals who are giving their best, coming from a place of desire to serve and often, as often is the case, who suffer and compromise and go home at the end of the day exhausted with little to give to their families or their own creative priorities. And as the world is progressing right now, there's more and more pressure on people to do that. And that pressure comes from a lot of directions. It's commercial pressure, it's social pressure, it's economic pressure. And more and more, I find myself going back to the basics that are in that first book, The Opposite of Burnout, to help people make meaning of their work and their goals and their energies every day. Yeah, I drew attention to one of the lines I read in your bio, and it's powerful. Your work over basically your career has given you insight into the internal fire that Mm -hmm. does one of two things. It either propels you to greatness Mm -hmm. or that internal fire will consume you in the effort. And I'm curious as to what what thoughts generate from you about either one of those two extremes. And a whole lot in between, too. Because people who enter the working world, and I do mean, when I say professional, I mean they're often trained in some way to serve a purpose. And that training has been demanding. They've had to step up. They've had to learn. They've had to invest time and energy and possibly money in becoming getting to the threshold of their career. And so they enter that to have gotten through all those hoops, 
they necessarily have had some sort of fire or desire that compelled them. So they enter that threshold, they cross that threshold, they come into the work world with all of this to give. And if they're not careful, if they don't see what's at play, the workplace can consume that. The workplace can benefit from their fire, sometimes at their expense. Mm -hmm. And so there is nothing in their training or in the workplace, usually, that alerts them to that danger. And Mm -hmm. why would that be? That's because the workplace benefits from consuming their fire from taking their um, product of work. And that's all good. I'm for commerce. I think that we have a good system here where people can take responsibility, take the reins and direct their energies. They actually will become more creative, evolve as a professional, give more to the working world, give more to the world at large. And oh my gosh, we need that right now. We need that. I guess in my deeper belief, Wes, is that each of us came to the planet at this time because we have something that the planet needs. And it is our work to get in touch with that and offer that. When you say we need that right now, I can hear passion and urgency in your voice on that. What do you think is driving that need right now? Well, you know, I'm just going to say generally our exposure to a perspective of the world's health and energy as Mm. negative, as dire, as in danger. I'm not sure I believe that's true, but that's certainly what we are exposed to every day. Yeah. And so that is a call Mm -hmm. to each individual to look inside and discover what do I have that can contribute to the health of this world, the growth of this world, the success Mm -hmm. of this world, of humanity, of the earth. Um, What do I bring? Because, you know, I think Margaret Mead said, it's it's not a group of people that will change the world. It's a single person. And we each are that single person. Oh, that's interesting. And so to look inside and find that, and then to look back outside of ourselves and, and seek the resources, seek the support, seek the clarity, walk the path of mm-hmm. interfacing in this world and in this workplace, because I am specifically talking about professionals and what they can give to the world, uh, interface with that in a meaningful way that allows us to keep evolving. Mm -hmm. to keep honing in on our skills and gifts for the benefit of others. That's a lifetime of work right there. (laughs) Yes. Yes, And it it can't be done alone. And the principles of opposite of burnout are really, it's a dense book. I'm sure you've noticed it's, it's very thin, but Mm -hmm. it's very dense. And it is about moving in the direction of as a practice moment by moment, trying to get a little closer to the highest expression of our gifts. Yeah. So let's dive into the book, actually, Liz. That's a great segue here. And I really like the way you frame that. It's dense. 
and I'm holding it here in front of me. I've read it and I've marked it all up. It's full of dog-eared pages and circles and stars and underlines. And I'm a person that I, I read a lot. I'm constantly leaning into you know opportunities to improve. My bookshelves at home are full of books that probably a lot of listeners to this podcast would would recognize, a lot of authors we would recognize. What I really appreciated about this book, Liz, The Opposite of Burnout, is that it felt like every word mattered. Hmm. So it Hmm. just cut straight to the point. It's a very thin book, like you said. I mean, it's you can read it in in a day. It's uh, I mean, including every page in here, it might be right at a hundred pages. It's thin, but it's dense and. As I was reading it, I so appreciated how, man, I didn't have to skim through paragraphs to get to the meat of something. It felt like every part of it was essential. And I love that phrase that you just said there, making movements toward, was that it? Moving, Moving in, in the, the direction. direction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was such a helpful framework as I was, I was reading this because there's a lot of, of books that, you know, general improvement books of any kind. If you're not careful, you can find yourself overwhelmed by the delta between where you are at in your life and what this author is suggesting you should do, as good as it may be. But your language of move in the direction of was so helpful for me. I really appreciated that. I'm glad to hear that. I'm very sensitive to the delta of which you speak mm-hmm. uh, because once we hit that delta of, you know, here's where I am and here's where the author says I should be, the next thing we feel is inadequate, overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. that'll never happen, and that makes me sad. I very carefully not only tried to avoid it, but don't even believe in it, because Mm -hmm. all we can do, you know, in a self-loving way in each moment is our best. Mm -hmm. We can just do our best, and sometimes that looks you know, quote unquote, better than others, but it is always a part of our growth path. Mm-hmm. And so we can embrace it with awareness and self-regard as just I'm doing the best I can. So this book started out as sort of a treatise on, you know, holistic <laughs> living, mind, body, spirit mm-hmm. for the professional. And I just kept slicing, 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 because mm-hmm. who cares, who cares, who cares? It really comes down to what can I do right now? Mm -hmm. And so even though you say you could read this in a day, and I bet you could read it in less than that, you wouldn't. The people that I've heard from on this book have read it over weeks and weeks and weeks because it is about action. Mm -hmm. And so you would take one section of it that appeals to you right now. And you would work through that and you would apply some of the principles and you would try some of the techniques and some would work right now and some wouldn't. And a year later, you may circle back and say, you know, there was something else in that section that you would come back to. So the book is really meant to be a companion along the way. And it's gentle and it is firm at the same time. But it expresses a belief in your ability in each moment to simply make a choice for the better. Yeah. And now as, even as I'm flipping through it again, did something jump out at you? Yeah. Well, I'm just reminded of how, you know, I read this about this time last year was the first time I read it. And, And you're right. That's a great catch about you can read it in a day, but the way it's 
the way it hits you, you're going to want to put it down and go, all right, how, yeah, what action can I take on this point? And what I can say is that, you know, this whole the endeavor of mine with Cardinal Coaching Solutions is directly attributed to how I was moved by this book. 100% wow. attributed to that. Yep. No question I about it. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. That's, that's beautiful. We never know our ripple effect. So why don't we dive through this book here um, and hit some highlights unless, unless there's something that you want to direct us to before that. Um, nope. I'm good with whatever you'd like to do. Let's do it. Um, we're jumping in here. This is the opposite of burnout. And you've basically broken this down, broken the book down into five essential strategies. Strategy number one is self-management, which is a great place. It's probably the best place to start for anyone. Certainly anyone in any kind of a leadership position. There's a line in here that it says there's no need to should all over yourself. <laughs> I love that. Are you shooting all over yourself? I should be doing this. Mm. I should be doing that. Uh, I should be healthier. Mm. Should eat better. I should get more sleep. But here here again, you use this phrase, just move in the direction of increased self-management. And that right there is so helpful. So there's a couple highlights here that you hit. First chapter of self-management, nutrition, sleep, exercise, stress management, positive mindset. You just named the five Mm non-negotiables. And I identified those boiling down what was a longer list to things that I I classify as non-negotiable. And the reason they are non-negotiable is that if you think you are negotiating, you're already losing. Mm -hmm. You cannot negotiate your body's need for nutrition. You cannot negotiate your body's need for sleep. They're non-negotiable. Now, yes, and I explain in there, we have bypass systems built into our physical structures that allow us to sustain life and operation for periods of time with Mm -hmm. poor nutrition, poor sleep, without exercise, with, with stress or with a negative mindset, but there, but over time, you cannot possibly be the best person, the best professional that you have the capacity to be if you are compromising any of those five things you just listed. Yeah. And those first three, especially are, are just universal, mm. really hard hitters, you know, food, sleep, exercise. Right, right. And it feels like if you're losing on those fronts, then you're going to lose with stress management and you're going to use with a positive mindset or lose with a positive mindset. But here's what we have. We have professionals who are busy. They're stressed. They're already doing too much with too little. Mm-hmm. And, and here, I don't want to should on anybody. Oh, you sh- well, on top of it all, you should eat better. Mm-hmm. I want to be very careful not to do that. The book provides some specific ways to st- to maybe plan a little better, move in the direction of, to choose from your food options something that's a little healthier. And then over time, that practice of moving Mm -hmm. in the direction of allows you to take baby steps towards the goal, towards your vision, so that eventually you get there. And again, that's such an empowering framework, move in the direction of, you know, so for professionals, Oh my goodness! Our our world empowers terrible heating eating habits. You know, everything's instant, everything's warmed, and essentially seems like it's meant to provide you with quick bursts of energy. You know, short term. Mm-hmm. And so for 
for a busy professional in any stage of life, you know, whether you have a family with young kids or uh, kids are out of the house, whatever, food itself, that first one, nutrition can be, man, we can just feel so uh, disempowered to take action on that, on that. And yet, I'm telling you folks, reading, reading this book, it's so clearly outlined on simple things you can do to just move in the direction of. And, and Liz, you, I, I've read this phrase in here and I've heard you use this phrase in here. Look for things closer to the earth. Yes, yes. Yeah. So you're standing at the you're sta- standing at the company cafeteria or you're looking at the array of food trucks outside your building or you're at the vending machine which happens. Mm-hmm. Uh or it's, you know, 5 a.m. and you've got to pack your lunch bag. Choose closer to the earth, meaning things that grow out of the ground are the primary energy source. Mm-hmm. So if you're eating meat, the cow still had to eat something that came out of the ground. So just try to move closer in your decision to something that came out of the ground. So if you've got in front of you an apple or crackers, which one is closer to the earth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apples. Crackers may not be bad and none of this is bad. I don't want it to be good or bad. You're just choosing closer to the earth. Mm-hmm. So crackers or cheese which is closer to the earth. Cheese had to come from a cow that had to eat the grass and the cheese had to be processed. Mm -hmm. Crackers may have been milled. Something that came from the ground was milled, could have been processed. So you're just looking to choose closer to the earth. You become skilled at doing that by reading the label, looking for natural ingredients, determining how much something has been processed by the chemicals that have been added. Mm-hmm. And just choosing closer to the earth, that one practice alone takes no more time, no more effort, becomes a habit, and can change your body's physiology. And I so appreciate just the levels you ra- or the scenarios you rattled off. You know, it could be you're, you're looking at an array of food trucks, or you're looking in the fridge in the morning, or you're standing at the vending machine. Any of those situations, and many more. When you say move in the direction of, that's what you're talking about. Move in the direction of something closer to the earth. That's you taking a step towards investing in yourself. Just move a little bit closer. That's all. Yeah. Which of these other four for you in chapter one, sleep, exercise, stress management, and positive mindset? Positive mindset is one that I get a kick out of a lot. (laughs) And I call it a non-negotiable because you already have a mindset. We all have a mindset. We've accumulated it in the course of our life. It's been influenced or shaped by a myriad of sources, our parents, our schools, the world. You already have a mindset. Like a fish in water, a fish doesn't know he's in water. You don't know what your mindset is until you turn your awareness to it. And then you can choose, again, Mm -hmm. moving in the direction of a mindset that empowers you. That makes you stronger, not weep, weaker. Mm-hmm. That makes you happier, not sadder. So mindset as a non-negotiable is one that many people overlook because they don't know they have one, but they do. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this line here on page 30. I'm going to read it for you. I'm going to ask you about this because, in fact, I've got this line underlined like two or three times here. It says, eventually, the mindset that got you where you are won't mm-hmm. get you further and will actually hold you back. Mm. Yeah. Talk about that for us. 
I love that you picked that one out, Wes. That's one of my favorite ones, too. So professionals who have overcome all those hurdles just to get to the threshold of their job did so often to their own disadvantage. They did without sleep to pass those mm. exams. They probably ate sugary foods. They probably sacrificed in many ways. Uh, they probably lived on very low budgets. There are many things that we did to get to that threshold, to get the privilege of entering our careers. Mm. Yet, that is not sustainable over the, a lifetime or a career where the demands will be high, the creative demands. Most professionals are doing some form of creative work. That is what will allow you to advance or succeed or give to serve others. Mm -hmm. Those things require a different basic sustenance for a professional. And unless you make that shift at some point, you will burn out. And that's what the book is. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the hours that I'm sure, and I'm sure we all can, you know, I'm sure all of our listeners can think back to earlier times in life, the hours we used to pull, you know, whether it was up studying all night or even staying late out, you know, staying out late, social engagements, whatever that may be up early for work and, and your body could bounce back. And uh, I'm seeing this line with a whole, whole new insight now. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. It serves you. It's not a criticism of where you, what you did at that time. It served you. Mm -hmm. It's just you need a different set of skills and ability and awareness to have a sustainable, lucrative, creative career. And you have to make that shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking about this uh, early on. So I came uh, into the company last year, September 2017. And just the, the environment of our work is very dynamic. It can involve a lot of walking, <laughs> a lot of awareness to our surroundings. It's, it's an embedded industrial environment. So there's a lot of things moving in our world. And I remember realizing early on, like, man, I, I need to make some adjustments in what I'm eating for breakfast. I need to make some adjustments in what I bring for lunch because I, I literally need calories to burn. Right. And I have got, I've got to get to bed. I yeah. cannot come dragging into work or I'm not going to be present. See, and that's a great example, Wes, because technically, yeah, you could keep coming, dragging into work and you could keep getting a paycheck mm -hmm. for some period of time. But in the big picture, for you to be present, to show up to those you serve in a creative, supportive coach capacity, you would not be able to mm -hmm. over time do. And that's the balance a professional has to find and tenaciously fight for within themselves to keep that fire alive. I'm glad you had that realization and could make those shifts and continue to come in and be creative and serve our clients. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was definitely born out of need. So let's jump, um, let's jump to strategy number two, unless there's anything else from number one. Sure. All right, let's Strategy do it. Strategy number two, personal branding. Personal branding. This is the chapter that I can say really drove me to eventually, you know, lead us to having this conversation with, with Carlton Coaching. Yeah. I, and so I'm going to read, I've got several things outlined from this. Uh, I'm going to start with this. Uh, says, more evolved than its passive cousin reputation, hmm. personal branding is consciously 
developed. It comes from your deepest, truest self, and it drives your decisions. Hmm. Yeah. Where did you hmm. come to that awareness? <laughs> well, hmm. <laughs> it is an understanding that if you are externally focused, others will benefit from that and you may not mm. over time. So if you're trying to satisfy others, you're trying to shape and bend yourself for others' approval, whether it's in a relationship or your employers, the people who are giving you a paycheck or the clients you serve, that over time, something inside of you that desperately wants to be expressed will wither and die. So the effort of a professional is to reach inside and find, well, what is my unique quality? What am I bringing to the world, to, to this client, to this situation? And to focus our efforts on developing that. And that's the true you. That's the true you, and it is a lifetime exploration to get to that. And I love that you just said that last part. It's a lifetime exploration. So here's my question. What prevents us hmm. from discovering that about ourselves individually, uniquely? Well, I guess, you know, the first answer that just came to my head sounds a little cynical, but I'm going to say it anyway. The world benefits from our conformity at a very early age teachers and i'm not picking on teachers mm -hmm. this is widely used by any adult anybody in a power position can better control others if we can create conformity among them and then the trade-off is conformity gains approval mm -hmm. and so we enter a sort of a feedback loop there where we learn to behave a certain way to gain the benefits of approval. Mm. Once we embark on the journey of true you, there's, there's riskiness there. We might get disapproval because there's only one true you. There's no model for you to follow. You've got to figure it out. That's hard uh, because mm. there's only one true you. You can feel a little lonely at times. Nobody can get you like you get you. Mm -hmm. And so we have to do that work of constantly understanding ourselves better so we can show up more authentically, bringing our gifts in higher and higher form for the benefit of others. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of a, um, some component of like a pain threshold, mm. you know, mm -hmm. where, for I, I could certainly say so for myself, speaking from my own life, and I'm sure was, I would suspect that many people listening would be able to identify with some component of this, but you can find yourself going down a path, you know, through high school, into college, declaring a major, getting hired in your first job within that field, and, and maybe even going and getting an advanced degree, which is becoming almost increasingly common these days. You know, you, you come out of college with your, your major, then you go get a master's and then you go get a full-time job in that field and discover, holy cow, I don't like this at all. So you can find yourself going down that path because it's just, it's just easier to go with that flow. But eventually 
at least in my story, you hit this pain threshold where you go, I, I simply cannot stay in this swim lane any longer. Hmm. I can't. So I'm stepping out into God knows what, but I, gotta, I, I can't do this anymore. That happens to a lot of professionals. That is the slope of burnout. And if they don't get out, if they don't get out in time, they will, they will burn out. And the cost of burnout is enormous. So here's a crazy question. What might be the best possible thing about burnout? Well, it needs to happen. If you are on the wrong path, <laughs> oh, it will be at a high price that you get a course correction. Yeah. But if you are on the wrong path and you burn out, and you're, you're left with flat land and you've got to rebuild, at least now you might have learned something and you'll do it differently. That was, yeah. my, that was my case. I burned out in my early 30s and lost the career that I had, the, the husband that I had, the life I had. In fact, I recently realized there is not a single element of my life currently that existed in my life pre-30, pre-early 30s. Wow. And I the salary that I lost then, it took me over 10 years to regain. So the cost is enormous. But if course correction is needed, it, it, is, it is in its way an expensive but necessary blessing. You know what's interesting? You, um, you and I share a science background in biology. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of what happens in ecosystems, you know, forested ecosystems where they can reach a point of max capacity where there's almost no new growth capable there. Right. And yet let's just use this language of burnout. Here comes this wildfire that is destructive. It's terrible. And, and yet from that, there can be new growth. Right. Oh, wow. Well, that's the drive. That's the drive, Wes. We are, we are driven to wholeness. We are driven to give our gifts and, we're getting messages all along the way. And this book, The Opposite of Burnout, is meant to help you see and hear, receive the information you Mm -hmm. need in order to be your best to avoid the costly circumstance of burnout. But if you don't, you can still trust that life and its, you know, great generosity will give you exactly what you need, whether you want it or not. (laughs) So we always have the opportunity. Yeah. I do sound Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. I don't normally talk all of this. And the book is not this esoteric. I love that you're digging into the the thoughts behind it because as I was writing what was at first a thick book and there and then slicing out everything it needed that, you know, that the um, people who would read it and use it didn't need. Hmm. And it became the dense book it is now. This is what got taken out. So it's lovely that we can have this conversation because what's left in the book is actionable items, the things you can do yeah, to it's, move your life in the direction of. It's just full of brass tacks. And so I, I'm looking at a couple points here and we'll move on to number three. Uh, but I asked a question a couple minutes ago about you know what, what prevents so many of us from, from discovering uh, who we oh. are, our true. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at pages here that are so full of such simple truths and two of them. So if you're listening and you're, you're really curious about this, maybe you've got 
maybe you're in a position in life or in work where you're just starting to suspect that there's a, there's a lack of alignment. You're feeling that tension. There's two points here that jump out to me. There's many here to glean from. The first is this, and, and you're talking about personal mission here, Liz. It says it's already in you. Hmm. And so the process is uncovering, not creating. And that is so empowering when, when, when you think about, okay, if, if I'm, you know, in a startup or I'm uh, launching a new team, in my company, or I'm sitting down to write my own personal mission statement, it's not creating that it's wait, give the microphone to yourself, your real self. And what is it saying? Let that person speak. Mm. And I love that. And, and mm. the next point is, um, that really jumped off to me is joy mm. is your GPS. <laughs> yeah. When we, yeah. Talk about that. that. Well, I was going to ask you, how has that helped you? You said that this chapter in particular brought you to, to do this work. So how did joy as your GPS help you get here? The position that I was in prior to making the change, which I would say by the time I got to that point, yeah, I was, I was pretty well burnt to a crisp. But stepping out of that into unknown, I, I had to because there, there was simply too much pain in staying in the position I was in, in the whole industry that I was in. And what I discovered, and I told friends this, I told my wife this, it, it took me months to come to take action. But what I was saying to myself was, I don't understand why I am so increasingly joyless. Oh. It, oh. So it started as just an observation. Like I should be happy doing this. This should be great. This should be an awesome job. It's should a, be, should be, should be. There you go. I'm shooting all over myself. And yet I, I just had to stop doing all that and just make a statement to myself and say, I am in a state of decreasing joy. Excellent awareness. And just let that be said and sit with that. <laughs> so joy was my GPS. I, I can attest to that. That's such yeah, a you great knew you were point. off track. And then when you start paying attention to what makes you smile, to what makes you want to lose track of time mm -hmm. and head toward those things, your life becomes much more fulfilling and, and your ripple effect goes much further, your positive ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in this case, move in the direction of can look like a lot of different things, gang. I mean, it doesn't have to look like, you know, well, you're going to go give your two weeks notice as soon as you're done listening to this podcast. That, mm -hmm. that may, <laughs> it may not be that. Mm -hmm. So listen no, for what that is. Yeah. It's not always a job change. In fact, I, I, I emphasize that in several places in the book. It's really you claiming what you want. And often you can find that where you are, but you haven't up until now because you hadn't identified it. Yeah. It might be right there, right outside of your grasp. Mm -hmm. And it's gaining that awareness that allows you to see what you weren't seeing before. Yeah. Yeah. Let's jump to number three, essential strategy. Number three, uh, mindful organization. There's one here, one point here of many again, cause I'm, I'm going to be aware of our time here. Uh, I thought this was a brilliant line here, Liz, and you write this time management 
is really priority management. Yes. So mindful organization, and I talk about three dimensions, which are time, space, and tasks. So how do we create organization in our life of these things, the time that we spend, the space that we occupy, and the things that we do? And it comes down to living in alignment with your priorities, that everything, what you're doing with your time, in fact, in coaching, one of the trick questions I ask is for people to show me their calendar, show me their planner, because they can tell me all day long that their family is their priority. But if Mm -hmm. I can see they're not giving time to that, we have an essential misalignment of priority and time that has to be realigned. And so looking to create alignment in those areas is what essential strategy number three is about. That, that was a particularly powerful phrase for me to read. So what uh, in your practice, in your work, what prevents people from, from realizing that the, the difference between time and priority? Because a lot of people want help with time management, time management. We, we hear that a lot. Yes, we do. Yeah. What... Um, what gets in the way of realizing that it's a, it's a conversation about priority management? You know, I think the short answer is external versus internal awareness. If you're trying to prioritize your time to satisfy others, to get that approval, that's not sustainable over time mm. because we'll have that flame inside, that drive inside that seeks expression that we eventually have to hear and honor. And until we do, we have this nagging friction between what we want in the world and what, how we are showing up in the world. There's a lot of things that can, um, you know, that can drive folks in, in the working world. You know, when you sit down and it's not just as easy as someone who wants help with time management. Well, it's a priority management issue. They can have so many things in front of them that they lose sight of, wait, how, how do I listen to myself here in this situation? Right. I cover a principle in that chapter about making your insides and your outsides match. And what I mean by that is that what you're doing with your space is, I mean, I I was about to say, but should be, but it is a reflection on what's inside. If your desk is cluttered, your mind is cluttered. If your time is spent on other people's priorities, you value their input more than your own. It mm. is your truth, and it's being expressed in time, space, and tasks. And if it's not in alignment with what you really desire, that friction is very uncomfortable. Oh, wow, that's so insightful. Let's jump to something I found in uh, essential strategy number four. Smart communication. Smart communication. I love this First, the first, you know, several words here. Communication skills are your number one promotability factor. <laughs> Amen and hallelujah. I love that you said that. Hey, and that came from surveys. That came from research. That wasn't even mine. It, it just is. When people are being selected for promotion, it's based on their writing and speaking skills and nonverbals. I should include that. Yeah, you do have a lot in here about nonverbals, which um, it actually leads me to my point in this. Early on in this section, um, you have a portion entitled Authentic Communication. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read a couple things here. You say authentic communication is a responsibility. Mm. And, and then you have, um, you have guidelines. You have a list of 10 guidelines. And um, this is actually taken from Susan Campbell's Getting Real 
10 truths you need to live an authentic life. So we're talking about authentic communication here. Number eight is keep checking in on your body's reaction. Mm-hmm. What, what role does that, I've heard you talk so much about body awareness. What role does that play in someone's authentic communication? Well, your neurology, so your body, your nervous system is is wise, and it is beyond your um, rational ability. And so you are getting primary information from every area of your body at all times. Mm. So if you can tune in to a constriction in your throat or tingling in your feelings or a flutter in your gut, it's giving you information that is extremely wise. It's a part of your wisdom that until we tune into, uh, we, we lose out on. And the major points of smart communication, there's two things. You talked about it being the number one promotability factor, which it is. I want people to understand that it's learned. A lot of times in coaching, when I'm working with someone who may not be a good speaker in their mind or they, they, don't, they don't write as well as they think their colleagues do, I try to help them see nobody is born with this. It takes learning, it takes going to a teacher, a coach, a book, a resource, and it takes practice, sometimes years or hours of practice, practice, practice. So communication is a skill, and then the the connection to it being a chance to express yourself authentically is the emphasis. And what I mean by that, the line that I draw is to communicate, to relate versus communicate to manipulate. Wow. Right. So if we're choosing words to get a specific reaction from somebody, often approval, we are, we are communicating to manipulate. Whereas when we look inside, find our truth and express that, that's communicate to relate. Hugely risky, mm-hmm. especially in a professional setting, but essential to long-term success it also is a skill yeah it is risky as you were as you were just saying that i'm 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 kind of you know looking up at the ceiling processing like scenarios at work like oh wow yeah yeah i know i know exactly i mean we all we know what it's like to be thinking one thing in a conversation i've really i really want to say this this is my truth and yet not communicating that Right. And truth can be communicated respectfully, kindly, gently, Mm -hmm. uh, and to different degrees. And it's a constant awareness. This principle alone can, can fill up a lifetime. To communicate, to relate, and not manipulate is sort of, well, it's a spiral. It's a spiral what we think we can do right now. Oh yes, I did. I did a good job. I communicated my truth a year from now might look completely different because we've grown. Our practices have been informed by putting it out into the world. We've learned from the effects that we've experienced. And so that practice communicate to relate becomes a deeper and deeper practice in itself. And all of the tricky ways that ego can step in to manipulate we can be blind to. And Mm -hmm. as we practice more and more, we gain more and more awareness. Whoa, that was my ego. Oh, fooled again. (laughs) Next time I'll know. Wow, that's that's really gracious because as you're saying that, I'm thinking back to 
Oh yeah, how I handled situations 10 years ago. Phone calls, emails, things I did that I would, you know, if I could go back to my younger self, go, whoa, do not send that. Don't do that. It <laughs> might be true. It's how you feel. Handle it a different way. But you did the best you could do in that moment. That's true. That's you did true. the best you could do in that moment. And I, and I appreciate the emphasis on it's learned. It's a mm -hmm. lifetime of learning. And, um, You're not born knowing. And, and I'm actually seeing with whole new insight here, the emphasis on how important this is to long-term health, to avoiding burnout, you being true to yourself, handling problems, communicating your truth in any given situation. Uh, honestly, Liz, I'm, I'm seeing this with, with a whole new insight. It's powerful. I'm glad it can help. I do want to, so we've talked about the moving in the direction of principle, another primary principle, and we're sort of dancing around the edges of it, and you were sort of hitting it right then, is the invisible line mm -hmm. combined with the, with the upward spiral. And so the invisible line is at every moment, every microsecond, we have an invisible line before us, and we can choose up or down, good or bad, uplifting or, or depleting energizing or, or not. We always have a moment of choice, a, a pivot point. And the goal of the opposite of burnout is to help you choose the upward spiral. Because in that moment, when you make a positive choice, when you make a growth choice, when you make an uplifting choice, when you make a choice to honor your truth, that in itself gives you strength and clarity and focus that then builds on the next choice and the next choice and the next choice. So you get an upward spiral of its own momentum. So in each moment that we're making that choice, it might be hard at first and 10 years ago for you, it was in that example, mm -hmm. but the more you do it, the easier it becomes because it's got its own momentum. It's got its own life and that's the upward spiral. There's also a downward spiral that is occurring much like that until we have the awareness of that invisible line, this moment of choice. Okay, an hour ago in that meeting, I may not have made the best choice. I wish I had made a different choice. Or I have awareness now that that choice didn't serve me. Okay, the invisible line is here again. In this micro moment, I'm going to make a different choice. And here is what I'm going to do right now. So we can always change it, the effects of a past choice by making a different choice right now. I love that. It reminds me, and, and um, thank you for drawing our attention to that because you have both of those principles running throughout uh, the book, where the invisible line is, what the upward spiral may be. The way that you just described the invisible line, um, have you ever heard of uh, Seth Godin talk about sunk costs? Oh, right, right. It reminds me of that, doesn't it? Like. I never thought about that. Yeah, instead of, you know, the, just the example you gave, walking out of a meeting, oh, I'm, you know, I'm shooting all over myself. I right. feel terrible that I responded that way. Ignore that. Cut your loss. Exactly. It's time for a new decision. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Look at you. You're, you're in good company, Liz. Mm. Man. <laughs> all right, let's jump to uh, our last one, strategy number five here. Asset protection. Asset protection. And the one I'm going to jump to is caring for your brain. Yes. Oh, this is good. And, and there's so much to do here, but I, and for the sake of time, right? I'm going to jump to one that jumped out to me and then turn it over to you. 
what stands out to you, but I love your emphasis on meditating. What role has that played for you? I think I grunted when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, just to be honest, I have made that my sixth non-negotiable personally. I don't prescribe that for everybody, but I know for me to show up as my best spiritual self, I have to meditate. So for me personally, if I don't find time to meditate, and meditation can take two minutes. So if I'm not finding time, quote unquote, to meditate, there's a red flag right there. Because for me to be present with those I serve in our environment as embedded coaches, that's from the time I get out of my car to the time I get back in my car. I have to have uh, the practice of meditating, which is not for what it does to for you when you're in meditation, but for the way it trains your brain to not over respond to the situations you find yourself in. So mm-hmm. meditation actually creates wiring in your brain that allows you to be present in the moment to what is actually in front of you here and now and not skip out to something that happened in the past or something you fear will happen in the future, but to be present to the moment. So meditation trains your brain to do that, much like going to the gym and doing curls trains your biceps to lift. Mm -hmm. So the meditation is what I must do to be present in my world. It is a useful tool for many, I'm not going to say any tool is for everybody, but for mm-hmm. me, it is actually my sixth non-negotiable. So there's a lot of energy around this topic for me personally as well. Just this morning, I was listening to a podcast about, the whole podcast wasn't on this, but a portion of it was um, uh, basically celebrating how science has caught up to or been able to daylight the benefits of meditation. And that can include prayer, but I love the way you um, you just framed how, how it shapes the brain and shapes your reactions and your ability to be present in the moment. Yeah, it's, that's really powerful. And, and the, the other way that it's, there's a lot of energy around this for me is just recently, within the last week, I was in a, either a coaching session or a group coaching session or something, but I, I just had this like epiphany, this, this snap awareness of, Wow, I put a lot of emphasis on physical exercise. It's important for me to show up. It's important in how I show up. So I have a a pretty strict routine in light of the parameters of my life. And I will rarely miss a portion of that routine. And so there's a lot of emphasis on my physical person. And yet, I realized, man, I am not giving anywhere near the attention to my, my mental and spiritual state. And yeah, it was, it was a real, um, it was a real eye opener. And so I can't say I've taken action since then and gone, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to allow space. I'm going to create carve out space for meditation and prayer. It has to happen. I felt that energy and you've even shared tools with me, you know, an app called insight timer. Mm -hmm. That's the best. Oh, it's so fantastic. If you're listening to this and you haven't checked out Insight Timer, it's brilliant. It's free. It's unbelievable. Uh, what's at your fingertips there? But again, we're talking moving in, moving in the direction of. So you don't need to feel like you need to go get a, a, a monk robe and carve out hours of your day. No, like you even said two minutes. Take two minutes. 
maybe that's moving uh, in the direction of yeah just move in the direction of and so in the last 10 days i've moved in that direction this is my own little story here and i started with five minutes i literally set my alarm on my phone five minutes and almost from day one i discovered that's not enough i i'm bummed i don't want my alarm to go off and so i've steadily pushed that time pushed it to seven minutes do I have 10? Uh, I don't think I have 10 right now, but I'm constantly wanting to expand that time that I have for that space. So I'm resonating. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, Liz, I want to, let's, let's start to land here. Okay. Wow. Thank you so much for this opportunity and can't stress enough folks that, you know, it's, we're, uh, we're recording this. Liz and I are recording this a couple days here before Christmas. Treat yourself to a Christmas gift, a New Year's gift. Go to Amazon, The Opposite of Burnout by Liz Garrett, L-I-Z-G-A-R-R-E-T-T. Do yourself a favor and get it. It's one of the best um, investments. It's one of the best moving in the direction of uh. investments you can make in yourself. Well, thank you for saying that, Wes, and thank you for creating this opportunity. We really went deep. I, you know, I like that. I appreciate that we could do that. I want people to know, though, that this has been a pleasure. This has been like dessert, <laughs> but the real meat of the work is just done little by little, step by step, and that it's joyful, and mm -hmm. it makes life easier when you show up as your authentic self, and that's one of the hallmarks of it. There are a lot of free resources on my website to help people do that. Yeah, I was just going to draw our attention to that. You've been using the word authentic and true and mm. places where people can find you is trueyouadvantage.com. That's right. Just how it sounds, T R U E Y O U advantage.com. And then you're also on LinkedIn, Liz Garrett. Uh, yeah, I encourage I'll, I'll make sure that these are in the show notes. Absolutely dive into all that is available on the resources that you're referring to. Well, thank you for the work that you're doing, Wes, and, and for anybody listening to this. I appreciate how hard it is to show up as true you, and mm -hmm. I appreciate that you do it because the world needs what you've brought it. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Well, let's have a wonderful Christmas. I hope you stay warm and dry. It's raining cats and dogs here on the East Coast, uh, but I think we've got sunshine ahead. So have a wonderful Christmas. We will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Cardinal Coaching Solutions. If you're interested in learning more about any of the topics we discussed today, or if you'd like to investigate working with me as a coach, please visit www.cardinalcoachingsolutions.com and connect with me personally over email at Wes, that's W-E-S, at cardinalcoachingsolutions.com. I offer my first session absolutely free, and I'd be honored to help get you going. I can't wait to hear from you.